You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Hey, hey, listeners, welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Poulos. Today, my guest is Allie Ware. Allie is a former captain of the University of Richmond women's lacrosse team. She graduated in 2014 and recently returned to the Spiders as the Associate Director of Parent Giving for the Athletic Department. She also plays a role directly with Richmond's new sports leadership development program, Spiders Lead. We had a great conversation today centered around the immense culture change that occurred when the current coach took over during her junior year. It really brought to light why leadership is so important to overall success and kind of how success on the field comes after you stop only focusing on the field. A very good reflection on our first tenet of leadership, everything rises and falls with leadership. We also discussed the importance of servant leadership, something integral to Allie's personal leadership philosophy, some ways that her coach really impacted her, not only as an athlete, but as a complete person. Two examples of being a Greek captain that she experienced and much more. So I'll get out of the way now and let you enjoy Allie Ware on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Hey, Allie, welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, Luke, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, awesome to have somebody kind of on the, the East Coast along with us and your time at Richmond as an athlete. We'll definitely draw on on some of that as well as what you're doing now in terms of fundraising and with the, the sports leadership development program, Spiders Lead. Um, but I think the, the best place to start is back with your time as an athlete. What were some of the fundamental principles and values that the women's lacrosse team at Richmond kind of preached? that really encouraged leadership? So my junior year, we had a new coach who came in. Um, and prior to that, we had been playing in the conference championship every single year, and we lost to the same team every single year. And so when we have our first meeting with the new coaching staff, everyone's like, okay, this is immediately what the coach is going to come in and say is like, oh, like, we're going to win our conference championship this year, blah, 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 blah. That's what we're all expecting her to do, right? So I'll never forget it. She walks in the room with the assistants, and there's a whiteboard in the front of the room. And the first thing she writes on the whiteboard is servant leadership. And she underlines it like five times, circles it. And she said, this is going to be the foundation of our program and what everything is built off of. So that was really um, 100% the foundation of the culture of that program is doing things for others, even if it's not convenient for us at the time. So we were expected to do a random act of kindness um, once a week. And, you know, our coach would tell us what she did. And she, she, you know, she's like, I know it can be awkward, um, but just do it. And it will make you a better person. And you'll realize that like, it's really not that awkward. 
Um, so that was, that was really what, you know, got things going. And I think where the, why the program is where it is today. Um, they just brought in, it was the, I think it was the 10th best overall, um, freshman class in all of division one women's across, um, and for a mid-major school like Richmond, you know, it's like all these big, yeah. I mean, there's all these huge schools on there, you know, Northwestern, North Carolina, um, you know, Syracuse. And then it's like Richmond. Everyone's like, wait, what? Um, but it's, it just really was such a good change in the culture because of that. Um, and it really, it had an impact on me, um, moving forward and learning what that looked like, um, on a day to day basis. And just having that style of leadership, I think it matched, um, me really well in terms of how I like to lead. Um, so just being around people who had that same type of leadership style, um, was, was super helpful for me, not just as an athlete, but, you know, as a person. Yeah. And that, and that's great to hear. And, and right off the bat, uh, already, already bringing in one of the tenants of leadership. We, we coach at the captain's coach and that tenant is leadership is a service and it goes right back to servant leadership. You know, being, being a leader isn't about you. It's not about what you're doing for yourself. It's not about being the most important person in the organization. It's like you said, it's figuring out what you can do for others in your organization and and outside your organization. And I love the, the idea of you have to do one random act of kindness a week because it makes you focus on, Hey, what can I do for others? It really puts others in the forefront of your mind. Where as a college athlete, you know, the time that is taken up throughout your day, it's hard enough just to focus on yourself and what you got to do that, you know, putting the focus on other people really, really stretches you. But like you said, it's, it's awkward at first. And it's something that, you know, really shouldn't be awkward to us, but just is based on kind of how society has brought us up and being able to change that in athletes minds is huge. Is that, is that something that your coach had you guys kind of, uh, say aloud every week, once a week or kind of throughout the week, which you just pick random people. How did that kind of play out? Um, yeah. And I think it, it also went back to the fact that like learning to hold our teammates, um, you know, accountable for what they're doing, um, and talking to them and really trying to build that culture of respecting one another, loving one another, um, you know, being there for one another and being a servant for others really. Um, so a lot of it did, did come down on us and, um, you know, what that looked like, um, especially when, when we had captains, um, and when I was a captain, that was just kind of like how we were expected to lead was to, was to take care of others, um, and, put our teammates first and know that the team always came first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think coach was, she was always um, super, super encouraging of our teammates, um, you know, being involved in things outside of lacrosse, whether they wanted to join a sorority or be involved in student government or some other type of, you know, event on campus or, or club on campus, whatever it was, she was like, I want you guys to be involved in those things and she encouraged it 100%. Um, but it was always, as long as you know that the team does come first and that the team is your first priority. Um, and so it was, you know, it, it, it was never an issue. Um, 
it, it of course took time for, for some change and for us to get used to like w- what the new standard was um, with that entire coaching change. Um, but it was, it was probably one of the best things that, that ever happened to me, um, especially during my, my four years at Richmond. Yeah, that's awesome. And definitely a constant theme that I've heard throughout these conversations I've had is the impact that coaches and leaders have on, on their followers and on their, their athletes is when they have a genuine care for, for people as a, as a whole person. And, you know, my last, my last guest, uh, Chris Gray from, from Hobart and William Smith colleges, you know, he talked about starting with coaching the person and not just coaching the athlete and coaching behaviors, but, but caring for the person and coaching for the individual, the actual person. So I definitely understand the, the impacts that that can have on you as an athlete coming from a coach. Is there anything else that your coach did really well that you especially appreciated from, from a leadership perspective, or was there anything that she did in terms of developing you as a leader when you were a captain, you know, kind of how did that relationship play out once you were chosen as a captain? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, just again, like immediately when she came in as our new coach, you know, when she was announced as our coach, we got, you know, she immediately reached out to all of us um, with like some facts about herself and just knowing like a few things about her personally um, was super cool. Um, And again, it was just, you know, all we'd, we'd ever talked about before. And I think even like in high school, it's about winning, winning, winning. And it's like, what about the other things about being a student athlete? Like, you know, everyone says as a student athlete that you are like the more well-seen people on campus. Um, so what does that look like? Like, how are you going to act? How are you going to be a good steward for your program, for the athletic department? Um, and so, you know, coming in and saying servant leadership is going to be what our team was known for rather than winning a bunch of championships. Right. Uh, I think just laying that foundation really is what led them to where they are today. You know, they've won two back-to-back conference uh, championships. They've been to the NCAA tournament uh, the past two years. Um, our coach was coach of the year last year. Um, they had the defensive player of the year, the offensive player of the year. I mean, it, it's just like, it's crazy how when you don't necessarily focus on winning, um, and that's not your like first priority. Your first priority is learning how to be like a good person, um, a good student, um, a good daughter, a good sister, um, you know, what that looks like and everything else just kind of took care of itself, um, in terms of winning. Um, cause you just had this whole like mind shift in terms of what's important, um, and what to focus on and what to, to not focus on. Um, so my coach after, you know, pretty soon into my junior year when she came in, I was like, wow, like I, this person is someone that I really like, um, that I can respect and I can definitely like see myself having a personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I could tell how much they cared about us. Um, and she was a younger coach at the time. Um, as a head coach, I think she was like in her young thirties. Um, so she wasn't too far off from me as a senior, right. um, in terms of age. Um, so I, I feel like that kind of made a difference too, is that some of the things that we were experiencing, whether as a player or a person, um, 
she had recently experienced too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that helped a ton. Um, and then I think on the player side, I think sometimes players get so afraid of their coaches because they're the coaches and they make these decisions that like we forget that they're people too. Um, and they have a heart and like they have feelings and they have things outside of being a coach um, that we think we can't approach them. And so for me, like I love, I love getting to know people. That's why I'm in fundraising. Um, I get to know people every single day. So I really took it upon myself to be like, I like, I like our head coach. Like I like her a lot. She's someone who I look up to. She's someone I trust. Um, I want to get to know her better. So I really made it a a priority of mine to get to know her better, uh, to go in her office, you know, randomly throughout the day to say hi and to build that, that relationship with her. Um, and that was huge for me as well. Um, again, not just like to say like, Oh, like that's my coach. The fact that she knew more about me than just what she was seeing on the field, um, was super, super helpful for me. And it's why like, she's still a very, very important person in my life. Um, uh, which I'm, I'm super thankful for. Um, you know, it's like, I talk to, to student athletes now about, you know, certain things and they'll come into my office and say, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't really like coach because of this and that. And I'm like, well, tell me this, like, tell me five things, you know, about coach outside of your sport. And they can't tell me anything. Huh. And I'm like, well, you're spending more time with this person than you are your parents or right. pretty much any other person. Um, so you should know things about them as a person too. Right. So I'm like, go into their office, you know, have coffee with them. Um, don't be afraid to say, Hey coach, do you want to grab lunch today? Um, I think it was, it was those things, um, that, that I made, um, you know, an effort to do that, that really helped. Um, and just, again, not only just having a, a relationship with her, but learning from her, um, and her getting to know me better or knowing how to coach me better. Um, and I think a lot of student athletes just like, don't take advantage of that, um, of, you know, some of the resources they have and, you know, you're a head coach for a reason, right? Like you are a leader, um, yeah. you're the head coach. So, um, odds are your, your coach is, is going to know a lot of stuff, um, whether it's about the sport or things in life. Um, and so I think, you know, taking advantage of that is, is key. And that was a, a really big piece for me in, in my experience, um, at Richmond. And, um, like I said, you know, she's still a really important person in my life, like till this day. Um, so I'm super thankful and, um, it was, it was such a good experience because of her. Yeah, that's awesome, Allie. And, and that is a great piece of advice. One of the best pieces of advice is, put out in that way for for our listeners so far on the show is definitely go out and get to know your coach like you said this is someone who's going to be a mentor to you more so than your parents for most athletes for the next four years five years of your life depending on how long you're there and to only know them inside the locker room on the playing field you know that's a disservice to to both of you. You know it's right. not giving them yeah. the benefit of getting to know them and understanding them, and you're really doing your yourself yourself a disservice because, like you said, not only are they a head coach, they know a lot about your sport, but they are at a certain point in their life where they have, you know, assumingly you're at a good school. They've chosen a very they've chosen a career 
and they've had a successful career and that they're the, the head of a program. So I'm sure they have a lot of life experience that is just free knowledge for you to utilize at, at your discretion and for you to be afraid to, to go in there and, and ask, you know, part of that might be on a coach and, and Hey, if you're a coach out there and you think you can do a better job of, of opening the door and being a little more inviting to your athletes, go, go for it. You should, you should be as inviting as possible within your, your genuine personality and, and athletes don't be afraid. You know, if it, even if it starts with the assistant coach, Hey, start talking to your assistant coaches more and work, right. your, work your way up to the head coach. But I think that's a, that's a, that's an awesome, awesome piece of advice for, for any athlete out there. Cause if you're a leader, you need to be aware of who's around you and, and how they, it goes back to caring about the entire person and it doesn't just go for, for leaders caring about their whole person as followers, but being a good follower is also about knowing your leaders and understanding them as well. Right. And I think even going beyond your time at college, you know, when it comes time to graduate, you know, when I'm having some of these talks with, with a student athlete who's not happy with, with certain things that are going on and, you know, it usually boils down to them not knowing their coach at all. Mm -hmm. And I, remind them that, hey, not only are you going to be spending a ton of time with this person, usually every single day while you're at school, um, but most likely when it comes time for you to graduate, you're probably going to be asking them to write a letter of recommendation for you or to serve as a reference in some way, shape, or form because you do spend so much time with them. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's another like really important factor is that like if you build that relationship well, they not only will be like, absolutely, I will do it for you. Um, they'll walk you through it and they'll help you as you transition and they'll be with you throughout your life when, when you need things. Um, you know, I know again, you know, I've said I'm still really close with my head coach. Um, and I could call her right now and say, Hey, could you be a, you know, a, a reference for this job? Um, and she would say, of course. So, um, that's another huge point in a reason for why it's, you know, you should have a relationship with your coach off the field as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and that those relationships are just so important from a coaching standpoint, you know, when you're recruiting athletes as a coach, you know, part of what you tell parents is, Hey, you can trust your child with me for the next four years. I'm going to be a positive role model, a positive mentor, not just for their, their physical and athletic development, but also their overall development as a person. And it's awesome. And I, I also had the privilege of, of playing for, for a man that came about coaching in the same way. And, you know, Coach Alparisi was the first guest on, on the podcast. And it's pretty well evidenced the relationship he had with his players and that, you know, we were talking about weddings before this. You know, we had some, some mutual friendships there, women's Richmond lacrosse, Marion some army lacrosse guys, but coach a probably gets invited to, if not a hundred percent at a minimum, 90% of all <laughs> army lacrosse weddings and probably goes to 90% of the ones he's invited to. And the ones he doesn't is probably because it's the middle of the season or, or the holidays and he's spending the limited time he has with his family. So it, it's, it's incredible when you see coaches like that. And I can speak from, from personal experiences as well as you are right now, Allie, but having a coach like that who who takes the time to invest in you as a person and is always there for you long after you graduate it it makes a huge difference in your experience in college with athletics and 
has a huge impact on you in your development uh, further down the road as well. And just to, just to go back to what you're saying with how kind of strange it was, you know, the last couple of years, you guys have just been rolling out conference championships, defensive players of the year, these amazing recruiting classes. And it, it's just, it's interesting to hear because the first tenet of leadership at the captain's coach is everything rises and falls with leadership. And, you know, you had mentioned for the past few years before she got there, you had lost in the conference championship to the same team for multiple years in a row. Mm -hmm. So it obviously wasn't necessarily a, a talent problem. You know, you had the talent to get there, but there's this other factor and kind of once you stopped focusing on the winning games or, or the talent or the championships and you focused on leadership, that's when everything shifted. And that's when the success on the field came is when you were focusing on, on other things necessarily that kind of, come together for that and and it just comes back to the leadership piece is one of the most important if not the most important thing that an organization can be about and that if you aren't focusing on it you're going to get stuck at some point you might have short-term results but unless the leadership is there and and that focus on development and systematically putting it in in place and using it year in and year out you're not going to see the long-term sustainable results that obviously uh, Richmond women's lacrosse is seeing today with your coach. Yeah. And I think it's also just important to note that like those changes didn't happen overnight. Right. right. Like, so the first year she was there, we didn't even make it to the tournament for the conference. Like we did not have a good year, but we were also under like having a ton of changes and a ton of new things thrown at us. Right. And then the next year, her second year, we made it to the conference championship. And we lost again to the same team. Um, and it happened for another two or three years until now, you know, things are really starting to click. She's had a full recruiting class in now that, that she's recruited and can understand the culture that, that she wants. Um, and that's when things, you know, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit for them right now um, in terms of all of the resources they have. Um, from from what we offer as as a school as an athletic department um, what they offer the kids on the program and you know trips that they take overseas um, you know things that have really been installed because of of coach and because of her leadership and the things that she wants her student athletes to experience um, so that change didn't happen overnight it took time um, you know to to really build that culture um, but it's, it's really starting to pay off, which is, you know, super, super exciting to see. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point to, to keep in mind as a coach and as a player that and especially can be frustrating for an athlete who may only have four years and to have these ideas as a freshman is, is asking a lot. So as a junior and senior to kind of have that in mind that, Hey, it, the results might not be come when I'm here, but if I want to have an impact and, and change things on a program level, it, it will take time. And, and as we like to point out, leadership is a skill that's developed and it takes practice. So implementing changes take time and they take practice and they take refinement and it takes years to completely shift the program and shift its mindset. So that's just a perfect illustration of that fact right there. In terms of, you know, you mentioned some of those, those programs that the, that the school has. 
Is there anything kind of special training programs or things that you went through as a captain and anything specific to the women's lacrosse team or just any programs at the University of Richmond that you see as an asset for leadership development across any sports? Yeah, so um, one of the things that we do as captains um, that they still do is they read and go through Jeff Jansen's, uh, the team captain's leadership manual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we as the captains would be expected to read, you know, a chapter or two before right. our meeting and we would meet, you know, once a week in, in coach's office after a lift or something mm-hmm. um, and just go through it and talk about things with ourselves as, as leaders um, talk about the team and, you know, maybe where certain girls fit into a certain, a certain place um, whether good or bad, um, and how, you know, we can respond better as captains and how we can be, you know, a much better leader with certain situations. And, you know, we'll talk about something that happened at, at practice that week that was, you know, um, a way to, to put what, what we were talking about into a real life perspective for us. Right. Um, so, I mean, I still have that book, um, because it was, it was so awesome. And again, it just creates a whole different level of a conversation with the captains and the coaches, um, you know, being able to, to go through that book and, um, you know, just, just talk about things, whether it was sports related or, or not, you know, school related, personal, like whatever it was, um, that was really our chance to express how, how we felt about certain things. Um, like I said, you know, good or bad um, areas, maybe we thought we were struggling in as, as being a captain, things we thought, you know, we were doing well, areas where we could use some support from the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, it was so helpful, um, you know, in terms of me, not just being a captain, but being a much better leader and a much better person um, was just that time spent, um, you know, with, with my teammates who were captains with me and, and my coaching staff. Um, it was, we would always stress before we would walk into that room and like, you know, be like reviewing what, what we were supposed to read that right. week. And then yeah. we'd get in there and it'd just be like, Oh, like this is actually awesome. Like we're just having a conversation. Right. Uh, Very practical. And, uh, yeah. and, and one of my previous guests actually just this past week, um, coach Baltino Curry women's soccer, she mentioned the same book, Jeff Jansen's Captain Manual, and I had that was the first time I had heard about it um, because Ben, our our founder at the Captain's Coach, he actually recently published something that sounds very very similar. Uh, it's called the Captain's Playbook, uh, available on Amazon. Shameless plug for for Ben there, um, <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing. And and like you said, it was very helpful to have conversations that and and, and books like those and, and Ben's especially. Again, I haven't seen uh, Jeff Jansen's, but Ben's, I can speak and say it, it really provides a framework for conversation. And like you said, when you walk in and you, you know, you're kind of afraid that you haven't reviewed it all the way through, but once you start talking about it and it's very applicable to what you're going through on a daily, weekly, seasonal basis as a captain and as a leader. So as a coach, if you can find resources like these, you know, Jeff Jansen's manual, Ben's captain's playbook. Things like that, if you're unsure of what conversations you should be having or unsure what your captain should be doing or unsure how to, how to develop them, 
it's resources like these you should be seeking out and kind of trying to provide a framework for your leadership development in your program. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we all lead in a different way. We all have different styles of leadership. So going through those books and kind of realizing what those different types of leadership styles look like and being to say, Hey, this is how I identify or Hey, this is how I, you know, the other captain said I was this type of leader, um, was, was just super helpful. Um, and so, yeah, using those resources, I mean, they're there for a reason. Um, you know, it's the Jeff Jensen one is a 10 week long. So, you know, you can just do mm-hmm. one a week, you could do it every other week. Uh, but like you said, having those, those talks with your, with your captains and spending time with them. And just so you can be upfront with them in terms of what you expect for them or say, Hey, like, you know, you're not being a good leader right now. You know, what you did in practice or what you did in class by not going to class or whatever, like was not a good example of leadership. Right. Uh, so yeah, those sometimes, you know, there were tough meetings where you'd walk away being like, Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible leader. Um, or of course, you know, there were times you walked away being like, okay, that was, that was a great meeting. I'm feeling good. Right. I'm confident. Like I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, that's great. And, and like you said, it really gives you a kind of an awareness check of, and, and you know, another tenant we have is leadership is uh, self-expression and kind of knowing how you're expressing yourself and having kind of a, a mirror or, or some sort of feedback mechanism where you can say, hey, oh, I actually am doing a lot of these things. This is pretty good. Or, you know, you could be feeling pretty good about yourself and go over kind of those checklists and, you know, some of those questions and ask yourself like, ah, I could be doing a lot more. Like, look at all these easy things that I could be doing. But again, it's one of those things that you, you really don't know what you don't know and, and seeking out those resources and seeking out the knowledge is a really good place to start uh, when it comes to, to being a leader for sure. Um, and speaking of, you know, leadership and what it takes to be a great captain, who are maybe one or two of the best captains you've experienced firsthand and, and what made them so great? Oh, that's a good question. Um, one of them, um, her name is Mary flowers and, um, she was two-time captain, so she was a captain my um, freshman year, my sophomore year. And so, you know, especially as a freshman, you're walking in, you have no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would look at her and see her in practice and how intense she was and how passionate she was. And I was like, wow, like, this is the standard. This is what is expected of us. And if we weren't doing that, you best believe she was going to be the first one to call you out on it. Right. Um, so she was, she was super intense. Um, you know, there was a reason why she was three time midfielder of the year for our conference. Um, she's just an unbelievable athlete. Um, and she set the tone, she set the standard, um, for, you know, she came in and she practiced her butt off every single day when it came game time it was like a walk in the park for her. Um, you know, she, you know, yeah, she was a great player, but she was also a really great leader. Um, and then another one who is also, um, a two-time captain, um, her name is Bria Hewlett. Um, and she, she had a different style of, of 
leading, um, which is why I think her and Mary just balanced each other out really well. Um, she was much more kind of the encouraging one, the one that was there if you needed something. Um, you know, she was a person that you could always, always rely on. Um, probably helped that she was also a defender. So she was just kind of that person that always stepped up when we needed a stop on defense. Um, and again, just, just watching her play and seeing how much it meant to her um, was, you know, just so great to, to have her. So she, um, she was a senior when I was a freshman. And she was one of the people that I met with when I went on my official visit to Richmond. And my parents met her, you know, she was one of the first players to, to greet my family. And my parents were like, like, we want you going to Richmond because of girls like this, you know, right. we, you hanging around people like this. Right. Um, and, you know, both of those people are people that I still talk to uh, all the time. You know, I was, I was at their weddings and um, they both have kids now. And um, so it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, seeing them in college and, you know, being teammates and, you know, living that crazy lifestyle together. And then now seeing them in this completely different phase of life, um, being a wife, being a mom, working. And, um, you know, they're still, they're still great leaders um, and just, just great people who had a, a really big, big impact on me. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and both are great examples of what great leadership sounds like, you know, your, your first example, the first thing you brought up was kind of the accountability piece. And then your second example with Bree, uh, the first thing you kind of said was she was the one that you could go to with a, with any kind of problem and there's your, your empathy. And I think between the two of those, that's really what leadership is all about is the balance between accountability and empathy, you know, holding people to a certain standard, letting them know when they're not meeting it and giving it to them straight but then also being the person that you can come to with any issues or problems and you know, they'll understand and not just bite your head off at the end of the day, but they'll actually listen to you and communicate with you and not just talk at you. And that's right. great. And then, you know, obviously both just prime examples of leadership by example, you know, just leaving it all on the field, the, the passion that they come with working hard, no, no one else is going to outwork them. You know, those are all just prime leadership characteristics that you need to have those are those are prerequisites to being a leader uh you know doing your job so no one else has to worry about doing it and you can take care of everything else that doesn't get done but if you're not taking care of your job first and foremost you can't do anything else before you do that so taking care of yourself taking care of what needs to be done on your end and then worrying about everything else afterwards is another key piece of leadership and i think both of them from from the the stories you just told are, are great examples of, of all those traits. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important. The second captain I mentioned, Bria was so well respected and just so well loved by so many people, not just on the lacrosse team, but throughout the athletic department, throughout the school, um, you know, everyone loved her. And she, when she graduated, she came back as our volunteer assistant and the freshman class, because that, that was my sophomore year, she came back as a volunteer of the freshman class, you know, obviously didn't know who she was. And they were like, wait, like, you played with her? Is that weird that she's now, like, a coach? I'm like, no. Like, you know, I respect her so much. Like, no matter what role she's in, like, I'm going to respect whatever it is she's, right. she's asking me to do. Because, um, you know, she was 
she was very much like a player coach. Like she, she was a a great player and she was also a great coach and she went on to have a fantastic coaching career. Um, She was last at Duke. um, And then she, um, she recently switched just because of that crazy, crazy coaching lifestyle. Um, She she recently got out of coaching. Um, But, you know, to be an assistant at Duke, um, you know, I kind of, we all kind of know what, what Duke means in the, in the lacrosse world. Right. Um, you know, she was, like I said, a phenomenal person, great leader, great player that when she came back as our volunteer coach, um, it was, it was no different. I was fired up to have her back. I'm like, I will spend as much time with you as possible. Like I want you around. I want to keep learning from you. Um, and yeah, just, you know, she was, she was so great. Yeah, and I would bet a lot of money that that when she came back as a volunteer assistant, her personality and her demeanor to the rest of you didn't change a bit. Absolutely. No, it, it, yeah. it didn't change at all. It was same old Bria. Um, you know, she still expected great things from us, um, but was still also there for us, just like any other coach would be if if we needed something. Right, and that's just a, a great example of authentic, genuine leadership. Another Another constant theme that we've heard on the show is just the fact that being who you are, no matter what position you're in as a leader, you know, not changing from your junior year to your senior year, just because now you were voted as captain or chosen to be a captain, not changing how you handle things. You know, you were chosen to be in a leadership position for a reason. It's because you already embody those traits and those values so don't change the way you behave. Just continue that and just assume a little bit more responsibility, not necessarily change your behavior. Because the moment you do change your behavior and you start leading from a place of authority rather than from a place of love and service for those you lead, people sniff it out instantly. And, and, and the response you'll see immediately from how people receive you and how they respond to you, and you'll see your influence slowly, slowly diminish whether they yeah. like what you say or not, you, you can tell the difference. Right. And so I like, I love to read. Um, I, I read all the time. And one of my favorite books I've read um, is by Clay Scroggins and it's how to lead when you're not in charge. Mm. Uh, and it basically talks about being a leader versus, um, mm. you know, being someone who says that, Oh, well I'm, I'm so-and-so, so you should listen to me. And, he really talks about, you know, when you have to say who you are to get something done, you're not being a leader. You're yeah, just using right. your authority yeah, right there. to have it done because you can, right? right? So it's like, oh, I'm telling you to do this and you have to do it because I'm a captain. That's not being a leader. That's just using your authority to tell someone to do something. Yep. Um, and that was just like such such a huge thing that I took away from that book, um, especially in the role that I'm, I, I'm in. Um you know, wanting to eventually be a D1 athletic director one day um, and, you know, seeing areas where I could potentially be leading, even though I'm not, you know, necessarily in charge. Um, I just thought that was, that was a, a really cool message and something that can easily be, be applied to um, someone who's a captain. Like at the end of the day, it's just the title. It, it's all about your actions and how you're leading your teammates, what you're doing in the classroom you know, what you're doing in the community, in your free time, all of that stuff adds up. Um, and so it's, um, you know, it definitely comes with a lot of responsibilities. Um, and it's something that was taken very seriously at, at Richmond. 
Um, but yeah, it was, it, it definitely pushed me and, you know, put me outside of my comfort zone in, in a lot of situations. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's really helped me in terms of where I am today. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. And it definitely should not be something that's, that's taken lightly in any organization. And, and I love the, the mention about the book, how to lead when you're not in charge. You know, there's a, you know, kind of a joke inside the military. If you have to say you're in charge, you're not really in charge anymore. Right, right. You just, you just sacrificed a lot of your influence. And when it comes down to it, that's what leadership is. You know, tenant number two, the captain's coach, leadership is influence. Um, and, and the moment you have to tell people you're in charge, people will roll their eyes, lean their head back and groan and say, yeah, we know, we get it. Um, but you're not necessarily in charge after that. In terms right, right. So I love 100%. that. And, and, and like you said, and I think this is a great marker of, of when an organization has hit a, a milestone in terms of leadership development is when they have individuals like you looking for opportunities to lead when they're not in leadership positions, when they've empowered athletes and even outside of sports, any organization, when you've empowered individuals to make leadership decisions, to act like a leader, to have the mindset of a leader, to serve others when you're not in a position necessarily of authority or a quote unquote leadership position. I think that's when you, you can, you can sit back and say, you know what, I think what we're doing here is, is really going well because leaders beget leaders and leadership begets leadership. So if you have that at lower levels and, and you know, not necessarily to say lower levels, but if, if you have that across all levels, I think it's safe to say your leadership is doing something right. 100%. Love it. Yeah. And yeah, Al, I don't want to take too much more of your, your evening up. Do you have any other advice for captains or, or athletes aspiring to be captains or even any, any coaches out there um, trying to, to better utilize their leadership or, or in terms of any sort of leadership development? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just all about being authentic. Um, and, you know, what you said earlier about like not necessarily like changing who you are. Um, of course, you know, being open to that constructive feedback on, Hey, I think you could do this better. I think, you know, you could do that better. Um, you know, my coach was never afraid to tell me that. And I joke with her all the time that her saying to me was, I need more from you. She was never afraid to say, Hey, I need more from you right now. Like you're not playing well, you're not focused, you're not being vocal. Um, so stay authentic to yourself, uh, but also be open to feedback from others. Um, you know, sometimes your teammates are going to say that they don't like you or they're going to be mad at you for some reason, you know, because of something, um, of some decision you did or, you know, whatever. Um, that comes with it. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, they'll get over it and then they'll grow up and they'll realize, oh, like, yeah, they they, they made the right decision. Um, you know, I had someone tell me once that I was a bad captain because of something that happened and I knew I had to tell coach and they were like, we can't believe you're telling her, like, why would you do that? And I'm like, it's going to get back to her. Like, you're stupid if you think she's not going to hear like what happened. Right. And so they're like, oh, like you're, you're, you're such a bad captain. Like you don't care about us. Like we always say team first. And I'm like, yeah, team first. Like, you know, <laughs> I like, I'm sorry, but like, I, I have to tell coach this. And so they were super mad because they ended up getting in trouble 
But then when it came time, you know, for me to graduate, it was a joke about what had happened. And they were like, we can't believe we ever told you that. And like, we expected yeah. you to tell coach. Um, so, you know, tough things will happen, but stay authentic to yourself, be open to feedback. Uh, but also don't be too hard on yourself. Like we're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, you know, so have fun with it. Enjoy it. You know, it's not, it's not very often that you are a captain of, um, a team or, you know, in some, in some type of leadership role, but when you are take advantage of it, learn from it and, um, you know, just use all of that to, to make you a better person. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's it right there, Allie is, you know, you're not always going to have the right answer. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're not going to please everybody all the time. And leadership's hard. Being a leader is hard. That's why not everyone can do it and why not, why everyone is not good at it. And being a leader isn't about always having the right answer, but it's about finding the right answer, whether that's from somebody else in your organization or finding out after the decision makes a difference that you made the wrong decision is looking to find what the right decision was or what a better decision was and always knowing you have room to improve. And then, you know, like you just said, at the end of the day, it's about becoming a better person. It's about becoming a better leader in, in all phases of life because leadership is one of these skills that's transferable across all aspects of life, athletics, parenting, relationships, work, anything in life, you're going to be a leader at some point. So I think that's a, that's a great way to, to kind of put it in perspective for anybody out there. What is your definition of leadership? Um, so I kind of mentioned it earlier, but, um, you know, like I said, I tend to identify with servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, um, you know, doing things for others, even when it's not convenient for you. So, you know, I can remember one night I had, I I was getting ready to study for a big test the next day. Like I had to work on a paper and all these things I had to do. And one of my teammates who was, um, a year below me, had knee surgery and so I was I was checking up on her saying you know how are you doing how are you feeling um and she was she was struggling you know she wasn't yeah. feeling well she was super upset that her season was was over um and she was just going through a lot and I said well you know like what can I do for me, for you and she said if like I would love uh you know she had some type of flavor of Ben and Jerry's ice cream that she loves. She's like, I would love if you like, if I could eat that right now. She's like, I would go get it if I could, but like, I can't because of my knee. I'm like, all right, I got you. Like, give me 15 minutes and I'll go get it. And like, I'll come to your dorm. So I went to their dorm, sat with them for probably, you know, an hour. Wasn't, I wasn't in and out, but I also wasn't there for the entire night. Uh, Just to let them know that like, Hey, like I'm here for you. I know you're going through a lot. I know you're super upset about, what's happened to your knee and that you're done for the season. Um, but like, I want to be a good teammate. I want to be a good friend. I want to let you know that like, I'm here for you. So like, if that requires me to go get some ice cream for you and spend an hour with you um, and, you know, take that hour away from writing my paper or setting for my test, then so be it. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'll just stay up an hour later to, you know, make up for that time. Um, so. And then just seeing that person's reaction and how much it meant to them um, by doing something as simple as that, 
really taught me that like it is important to do things for others and to put others before yourself. And like, again, it was not convenient for me that night to do that, but I did it anyways. Cause I knew like they, they asked me to, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't be afraid to, 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 you know, ask people like, Hey, what can I do for you? Right. Um, don't say, do you need anything? Cause I'll always be right. no. Just say, what can I do? Like there has to be something. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was just, it was a really good point for me in learning that like, you can always be there for people and it, it may not be convenient, but at the end of the day, you won't regret taking the time to do something for someone else. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's what I was going to say, you know, even if it feels like an inconvenience at the time, in the long run, you're going to look back and you're, you're going to have gained something from that as well as, you know, giving a little bit of yourself to somebody else. And I love that. I love that piece. You know, it, it needs to be said more often what you just said about, you know, don't ask, do you need anything? It's more so, Hey, what can I do? And, and to take it a step further, you know, a, a good example is if someone's, you know, experienced loss or something in their life, instead of saying, Hey, do you need something or do you need anything? Just say, Hey, what would you like for dinner tonight? I'll, I'll right. go, you know, going a step further, taking it off their shoes to make themselves feel like a burden and saying, Hey, can I get you dinner? What would you like for dinner? Hey, you know, do you want me to come over and hang out? When do you want me to come over tonight to, to hang out? Stuff like that. Taking it, taking it, you know, almost taking it out of their court and saying, Hey, I'm going to do something for you. So you, you better tell me what it's going to be, or I'm just going to be even more annoying about this to the point, <laughs> right. to the point where they're like, okay, okay. Like you, you can do this for me. Exactly. Um, exactly. Like you, you have no choice, but you know, yeah. like that I have to do something. And then, you know, something that's a little bit more, more personal, is you know for me like my faith is is very important in my life so um whether it was a teammate or a friend you know and I knew something was going on for me it was also like hey like how how can I be praying for you right now like like what's going on um and sometimes it's doing it right then and there with that person to be like hey like how much I care like I'm gonna pray with you right here right now um because I care about you and I want you to know that like I'm serious about this. Like I, I want you to get better. I want whatever's going on. Like I want to help fix it. Um, and so like just always asking my teammates that question of like, Hey, like how can I be praying for you? Like, what can I do for you? Um, you know, again, it it just goes back to that whole servant leadership. Um, and just always, always trying to be there for them. Um, you know, regardless of, of whatever was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Uh, do you have a book or a couple books? I know you mentioned, uh, Clay Scroggins, how to lead when you're not in charge. Are there any other books that you, you often recommend to friends, players, other athletes, or, or any coaches out there? Yeah. So it's actually a book. Um, I read it every single year at the beginning of the year. So I'm actually, um, I'm reading it right now. Um, and it is by the one and only Oprah Winfrey. Um, I have a slight obsession with her, Um, but it's called What I Know For Sure. And it is a super, super, you know, easy book to read. I mean, you could probably read it in like a day or two. Um, And it just talks about like very, you know, um, simple topics like gratitude um, and, you know, what that looks like. And, you know, she'll tell certain stories about like how, you know, she learned what gratitude meant to her because of X, Y, Z. Um, but she goes through a few different topics and 
um, you know, she'll, she'll talk about those and why she thinks they're important. Um, and so, like I said, it's just, it's a super easy book. Um, it makes a great gift. I send it to a lot of people. Um, if I could buy stock in this book, I probably would because I buy it so many times. Like I just, I always keep a few copies on me just cause I'm like, Oh, like, you know, this would be a really yeah. good book to, to send to this person right now. Right. Um, so I, I love that book and it's funny. Like I have the same, I read from the same copy, um, each year and I have a three-year-old golden retriever and he got a hold of it when he was a puppy. <laughs> so it's like the end of it is kind of chewed up, but it just makes it look that much older and that more like, right, used. right. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always, I try to use like a different color pen each year. Yes. And I, when yeah. I like use that pen, yeah. I'll write like what, like, you know, I'll mark with it and be like, I use this pen in like 2014 or whatever. Right. So like when I go back, I can see like certain things that I thought was important because right. of, you know, the notes I made or whatever. And then, you know, maybe there's something else that sticks out to me the next time I read it that's not underlined. Um, so I love it. And like I said, I read it every single year um, at the beginning of the new year. Um, super, super easy to read. And um, yeah, I just, I just love it. It makes me feel good, gets me fired up. Um, so that's, that's always my, my go-to. Yeah, that's great. For sure. We'll put that one in the show notes as well. What I know for sure by Oprah, obviously a, a very, very wise woman with uh, a lot of life experience. And I, I yeah. love the, um, the, uh, the note taking. I do uh, a similar thing with a couple books I read every year. Um, it's, it is cool to go back and see which ones, what was important to you when. And, and you know, when you have the same thing, you know, I, I do a, an underlying circle star thing to change it up. And, you know, when I see something that has all three of those, it kind of <laughs> sticks out to you. So I'm sure when you see something with three different colored underlines, <laughs> it sticks out to you as well. Um, right. 100%. But, uh, but, but thanks Allie for coming on the show. I don't want to take up any more of your time tonight. You know, we got the national championship on, uh, That's right. that. but, um, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Really. It's been a blast. Uh, awesome, awesome guests. And I'm sure the listeners got, got some good things out of it. Well, thanks so much for having me, Luke. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Bullet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.